everybody and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. And this morning I am joined by Tam Veyu of the Energy Almanac as I unbelievably know it's time for us to talk about July. It's crazy, right? <laughs> July. How does it the end of June already? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But welcome everybody to the show. And this morning we are going to run down all of the different things that have to do with the month of July. So it's time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and relax and let us share with you. Oh, she's got, what do you got? Tea? Green tea? Spearmint water. Ooh. Uh, excuse mm. me, peppermint water. Yeah. I have a whole jug of peppermint. Uh, tea, or it's it's probably spearmint tea that I made green tea the other day, and then I just pick fresh um, mint out of the garden and put oh, it in I there. Love it. It's the best part about summer is mint. It is. It's the best part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Tam, here we are again. Another month. Another, Another month. month. I spent all morning looking at it and like saying, "Wow." Um. We got some interesting stuff to talk about today. It's like, oh, where yeah. do we begin? Where do we begin? Well, like we usually do, we kind of begin at the beginning. We but begin I, I kind of want you to recap for me, how was your June? Just because June wasn't, you know, terrible. It had a lot of, of things going on in terms of planets changing, the nodes shifting and that kind of thing. Nodes in human design shifting, not in astrology. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did you do with that? Um my my personal june was was interesting you know i i mean you know i reached out i mean confusion in the air and you know blaming sort of neptune and then i've had friends who have said the same thing that they felt really confused during june I, and i thought huh i wonder if that's like the the beginning of neptune's retrograde that people were like already beginning to feel I'm not sure yeah, it could be indeed because Neptune, of course, being a far further out planet would, would spend longer period of time in the slowing down phase right. and probably sit at a degree of its eventual retrograde, you know, ticking down the seconds right. and the minutes, if it, as it were. Um, but I also felt like the month of June brought me to some kind of precipice. Really? But didn't really let me go over that precipice or go backwards. Mm -hmm. So it was sort of a an uncomfortable feeling of being stuck, but not really being stuck, if you know what I mean. Like, had I just not the energy yet to take that next step, that plunge, or was it not the right timing? And of course, I'm always going to default to that. Perhaps if, if it was meant to happen, things would happen, right? That's just mm. how it is. Mm. But interesting month, I think, for June. And now that we're headed to July, we have, you know, a couple of big things on the horizon that will pretty much dominate the landscape of the month, um, mm -hmm. peppered in with some other things. So if we if we jump right in, July 1st is Saturday. Yep. <laughs> what is today? Wednesday? Today's <laughs> three Wednesday. More day, two more, three more days, of, two more full days of June, and then we're into July. And we kind of jump into July with some interesting energies of the sun and Mercury, both in a sextile to Jupiter. Um, 
and to me, the first day of the month kind of, even though there's, it's arbitrary, right? The calendar is fairly arbitrary, but because it's our point of reference or our frame of reference where we start the month, the first day of the month often can set the tone. And what we have is a tone that's a bit like um, finding some positive um, developments perhaps in our lives, uh, getting uh, maybe some optimism, not that people haven't been fairly optimistic, but that there might be something good for us to look forward to. What do you think? Well, I was looking at it as more of like a day of like sort of more insight, more intuitive information coming in that day, being that cancer is deeply involved, right? Yep. I don't know. That's how I saw it. I never, I hadn't really thought about the first day of the month setting the tone, but that makes good sense as well. I mean, I hadn't thought yeah. of it, to be honest. Yeah. It's like when you dive into the water, that first, you know, <laughs> feeling of the water is, you know, setting the tone for the swim. Yeah. Now it doesn't mean that it doesn't change or, you know, get different, right. uh, but it does set the tone. And I, I kind of like this one with the moon and Sagittarius that day. It gives us that feeling of freedom and adventure of, you know, something beyond and Jupiter being the one that's in the sextile with both Mercury and the sun is the ruler of Sagittarius. So we mm -hmm. get this feeling that, you know, there's a bigger picture that maybe mm -hmm. we can connect with. I don't know. It feels positive to me. Well, I was going to say, and then, you know, Sag, for me, I always think Sag and I always think like optimism and or, or hopefulness with mm -hmm. that too. So, hey, I'll take that if that's coming for July. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also, hey. you know, getting back to the natural world, being yeah. out in the, uh, you know, into nature and it's summertime. So a lot of people spend more time outdoors uh, during this period of time. And then the next day, the second, we end up with Venus in a square to Uranus. Right. Not sure if that's good or bad. Sometimes it's very shocking in terms of our relationships, what can happen during this kind of, of uh, transit. Um, but then also, like, I think I'm thinking about money. You know, Uranus and Taurus. Venus is money and relationships. And what, you know, maybe a little revelation, maybe a little shake up. In, maybe in a change area. in fortune. Yeah. Yeah. Change in fortune. Sure. Yep, Why that's... not? And and again, if you if you're you know me, I'm always bringing up the geopolitical landscape. There's a lot going on economically right now, particularly um, particularly in the Middle East. You know, there's a re uh, revaluation of currency going on, and maybe this is the day they'll they will finally have their big win. Mm. That would be you know that would make sense for them around then because they're literally scheduled before the end of June to have that happen. That would be a celebratory and interesting thing for them on that day. For them, as in the Middle East, you mean? Yeah, because yeah. Well, I... anybody who anybody who's involved with a revaluation. Yeah. Anyone. Yeah, and also very interesting considering this is the month that Venus is going to re turn retrograde, yes. which is going to bring all of those hidden things to the surface, hidden financial concerns or economic concerns, um, hidden things in relationships, Absolutely. but also giving us that, uh, the word that you said was perfect, reevaluation or revaluation. Revaluation. It's right. not an That's... evaluation, it's a revaluation. Yeah. Right. Checking the values, checking the value 
checking in with your own self-worth and all of that. Yeah. Uh, and are you worthy to to move forward? And of course, the first two days of the month are taking us headlong to the full moon on July 3rd. I think that's across all time zones. Let me take a look at that. Uh, July 3rd, yeah, even universal time, yeah. it is 11.39 in the morning. So yeah. uh, it's going to be fairly early. And this is a Capricorn full moon. Yeah, I, I found like so many interesting transits on that moon like it was super busy and a lot a lot going on with it there's something like i've I've lost the numbers there's something like uh 11 earth planets and earth not planets but interesting motions with earth and then a bunch with water and i'm like oh earth and water like muddy not really clear (laughs) well the number of planets that are in fire is the highest number no that's not what i saw yeah, I I have one too. Do you know I, how to look at those I grids? One too. Interesting. Well, I'll I guess I'll run with yours because I saw Earth and water. Look, let me just look. July third, twenty twenty three, seven thirty nine a.m. and west or uh, uh, east coast time. Let's so four thirty nine for my time zone. Earth. The sun is at eleven degrees nineteen minutes. Moon is eleven degrees nineteen minutes of Capricorn. Does that look um, like what it says in yours? Hold on a second. Yeah. 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 And those are in water. And there's what, the fire. Moon, no, the moon and, is in earth. The yeah. sun is in water. The moon is in earth. The yeah. The sun is in water. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 Okay. I agree with that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what we really have then is um, uh, not a lot of planets in air. So interesting because that gives the mind a little bit of a break perhaps, or maybe it causes people to keep looking and looking for information that they can't find Mm. uh, or that it won't be apparent because really the only things in air are the planet series, uh, the dwarf planet series and the part of fortune. There's no real anchor planets in air during the full moon. So to me, it means we're letting go of the mind and all the thinking processes in favor of fire, where we have Venus, Mars, Black Moon, Lilith, Pallas, Athena, the ascendant of the full moon, Eris, Chiron, the midheaven of the chart. And what that all le- lends me to believe is it's time to follow the heart. Oh, I see the difference in how we're doing this. You're you don't, using you don't all use all those. Ah. I don't use all of those. I'm looking at the major planets and, you know, Earth signs you know uh uranus jupiter the the north node we have the moon we have pluto so all in um, earth that's why you're thinking that and water because the sun mercury north or south node uh saturn and neptune so we have power in three out of four of the elements the weak one though and in your chart then if you don't use the part of fortune or series it's blank yeah in air Yeah. Okay. So now that makes perfect sense, right? Not right right or wrong, but I just use these other planets because it fleshes it out a little bit more, brings the divine feminine in a little bit more. Sure. And uh, the feminine energy here placed quite a bit in the in the fire element. Mm. So creativity and self-expression and passion Mm. and living from the heart, all of these types of things. But, you know, I always go to my uh, Sabian symbols for the moons. I don't know what it is about them, but I love to do this. Oh, let it rip. What do we have this time? 
so we're going to start with the moon in Capricorn is an illustrated lecture on natural science reveals little known aspects of life. Oh, an illustrated lecture on little known science. An, an illustrated lecture on natural science reveals little known aspects of life. And immediately what that brought up to me was some exploration sort of energy, right? Exploring the unfamiliar. Hmm. So I'm thinking full moon, maybe there's a revelation around what it is that you have not yet tried that would take you towards your passions. And it allows that to be a starting point, a launching point, right? Something different, something hmm. new. It is also, um, to me, exploring energy that needs to have us set aside fear in order to dive into the wonders of life. And interesting because it is a time of the year um, where we're really opening our minds to seeing nature and being out more in, in that world. But I also looked at the sun and it was funny because it was the first thing I looked at. And in a full moon, I usually don't look mm -hmm. at the sun. I'm just looking at the moon. But the sun really kind of crystallizes all of this. And it says, a Chinese woman nursing a baby whose aura reveals him to be the reincarnation of a great teacher. So oh. this is about the revelation, full moon, revelation of, um, uh, of a latent worth or, or skill or, or uh, idea uh, in your experiences of life that make it worthwhile to seek the deeper meaning of the aspect. And as soon as I read that, I went, oh my gosh, that is Jupiter now at the gate 24, which is about looking for the blessings in our life experiences, not just the, oh yeah, this happened, right? And uh, you know, that kind of thing, but how did it impact us? How did it create growth and all of that? So it's revelation time. So revelation and exploring. Hmm. Whoa. You bring um, those two, the sun and the moon together, those two words. Makes me think of, you know, Christopher Columbus out on the ocean blue, right? Or, yeah, for sure. Yeah, not the damage that was done by any of those people, but just the exploring nature. How can we move beyond where we are by exploring different themes, different concepts, different choices? So, so I'm thinking about like all of the Energy Almanac readers. Uh -huh. who are who who need a simpler version of of this moon right the what you i mean what you have said all has value and i'm thinking how do we simplify a full moon in capricorn with the major transits step out of your old self and into a new self that's willing to explore what is possible capricorn representing the old traditional Mm -hmm. yeah. But, you know, the old and the traditional forms the foundation. Right, Capricorn. Right? Yeah. But Capricorn is a cardinal sign. It's yeah. initiating energy. So it's willing to move. Yeah. It's willing to change. It just has to have the plan or something that makes sense to it, the practical reason why I should stop right. doing what I'm doing and do it in a different way. Mm. So, um, you know, that that's an important thing to consider. But if you're experiencing in your life the same old, same old, you're going to keep getting the same old, same old until you decide to choose something different. Something right, right, new. right. I, I think that's I said what that I think exact is... language this week to, to a coaching client. <laughs> <laughs> choose 
right? the same and get the same. <laughs> right, exactly right. And I think, you know, when you have a moon that's kind of crystallizing that, um, it it tells us a lot about, because in my chart, like I'm seeing a lot of fire, fire with the divine feminine, which is um, the energy of being receptive, right? Receptive to creating a, a space where you're acting from your heart or living from your heart. And, you know, if you're in a place right now in your life, anybody who's listening, where you um, are not feeling the passion, then it's time to stop what you're doing and consider what would restore passion. Mm. Revalue yourself and what you're doing and your your um, contribution to the world because we need everybody to be living in their passion. Absolutely. Oh, boy. There's a famous saying about that. Do you remember it? Uh, no. Uh um, find what brings you joy and go do that. What we need are more people li living in joy. I, I'll have to uh, that's, that's a great, if it's not correct, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the idea is the same here. Right. And, yeah. you know, this particular moon is also in a trine to Jupiter yes. and in a trine to Uranus. Mm -hmm. So we have both the ability to evolve and grow consciously in a new direction, but also maybe some surprises along the way. Maybe the surprise with Uranus there is the, the revelation that if you follow your heart, you're not going to die. Right. <laughs> you won't die if you do what you love. Exactly. In fact, you might thrive instead. Yeah. Wouldn't that be interesting to thrive? Exactly. Oh, gosh. Before, um, so, before we go further beyond that full moon, uh -huh. uh, July 3rd is the birthday of a dear friend of mine. So happy birthday to Sharon Little, who is probably going to be watching this live today. Awesome. And happy birthday to Irene Alberg, who always joins us from Sweden. It is also her birthday on July 3rd. Yes. And I think Christine said that it was her daughter's birthday on July oh 3rd. Well, there. Yeah. And one of my husband and I's favorite friends who passed away, sadly, at a very young age, his birthday was July 3rd. Wow. What lovely, what a lovely person, right? I think that somehow that day is kind of magical. I but so. uh, I wanted to stop and say good morning to everybody before we do move on. Um, Debbie Tibbetts Tubiel, good morning. Nick Nico, uh, he said, hello, ladies, looking forward to this one. I'm drinking an Americano with cinnamon and honey. Oh, I yum. I'm drinking white chocolate coffee with whipping cream. You guys mm. win. I'm just drinking peppermint water. <laughs> I have lots of water too, but that'll come later. It's earlier where I am. So <laughs> it's coffee time still. Uh, good morning, Julie. And good morning, Pam Zaruba and Christine. Nice to see you out there. And of course, Irene. And uh, let's see, who did I miss here? Uh, nope, Pam Zaruba, did I say good morning to you? But if I didn't, good morning to you. Joan Durchie, good morning. She says, happy July to all. And uh, treat yourself, Julie, I believe, her brother-in-law is on the third. Quite a few days. And now how auspicious is it to have a full moon on your birthday? I know. I was thinking about that for Sharon. I think that's really cool. I want to take just a second, um, Janet. Uh, this is the illustration for July um, and the beautiful do this and do not and all of that. Um, I wanted to mention for those who are wondering, the gemstones for July are fluorite and that, hold on a second. I wrote my notes all over the place today, which was really not very brilliant on my part. Oh, right here. Um, fluorite and aquamarine. Fluorite for balance and positivity ah. in July. 
aquamarine for revelation and we were just talking about revelation with that moon so find a piece of aquamarine hold it with you for that day to help draw forth that revelation that is coming your way also interesting janet you're so intuitive spearmint is the essential oil for the month of july it's about expression and we have so much leo energy in mm-hmm. july that you like naturally picked the right plant and the right oil <laughs> for you were talking about you have a pitcher of spearmint water right no yeah. it's tea mint spearmint tea spearmint tea so um spearmint essential oil for everybody who's wondering what oil might benefit them this month so i just wanted I to add it. that yeah, I, I often uh, forget about that. But in the energy almanac, there's also these wonderful other things besides just astrology or human design. There's the different oils, the plants, the uh, fluorite, the or the the gemstones, and uh, isn't there yoga poses? There's plants and, and herbs. There's movement. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of re- holistic resources for all of the readers. And yeah, I usually at, at our show try to remember to say the gemstone and the oil of the month. Nice. Very nice. So get your, I was thinking, do I have, I know I have aquamarine sitting by me. I'm not sure about fluoride. Well, grab one or the other. And I think really aquamarine for um, expression, uh, revelation, I guess, will be super beneficial for Saturday. (laughs) Yeah. So coming back to the full moon, then it's going to be a time of revelation for sure, but it's involving our being um, willing to step outside of our comfort zone, to step into passion to step into exploring energy um and to set aside fear the fear of what's going to happen if i follow my heart right that's a lot of fear okay so let's see that week of course is the fourth of july in the united states yes and uh that is always a big holiday and a busy holiday, lots of potential for explosions and fires. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think of it like that. But, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Now, on Independence Day itself, on the 4th, uh, the moon is shifting out of Capricorn and into Aquarius. So that, I think, lightens the mood a little bit and uh, maybe gives us some insight into America's future. and Let's see what kind of the news wheel is at that time. And really the rest of that week is kind of quiet except for um, a Mercury uh, Uranus uh, sextile uh, later in that week, which on my calendar, which shows red and green, right? And black, black is neutral, red, hot, you know, to contrary and green go, right? Ease. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a red day. And I'm like, why is that a red day? Why? I didn't feel like that should have... No. I feel like I want to color code that myself. <laughs> right, 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 right. And I, I'm never quite sure, is that like my personal astrology for the day? Because it's all based on our own astrology right, too. Right. Uh, but even looking at that, maybe because the sun is square, my midheaven, I don't know. But Mercury and Uranus are like the, the lower and higher octaves of one another. Right. Where, you know, Mercury is ruling the lower mind, the mind, the thinking mind, the analytical mind. But Uranus ruling the mind that's, you know, above the that that is kind of receiving from super consciousness. So we have the opportunity for those couple of days right around there to really be bringing in some great revelation. 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 Exactly. I actually had it kind of highlighted as a really interesting and exciting day, like to be mindful of what's coming through intuitively 
and maybe landing in your consciousness, right? Yeah, I think there's that. But, I, you know, maybe the moon, because it's uh, moving out of uh, Aquarius and into Pisces that day, uh, which means it's going to come into a conjunction with Saturn. It's going to oppose Mars. That maybe there's some, you know, the revelation could maybe create some dis or unease, ill at ease feelings within people. I don't know. But, you know, don't set yourself up for that. Just be ready for the revelation and then take whatever right. action is necessary for you to get to where you want to be. Mm -hmm. It seems super simple to me. <laughs> of course, that, you have that as the sixth or seventh? I have that on the sixth. Yeah. Okay. But it's that's, probably that's bridging both too. of those days too. Yeah, it or, depends or, uh, the time. I didn't look up the time for that one. Yeah. Anything else that week that jumps out at you? Uh, I don't know if it's the same week. I'm going to look at the dates. Well, I have That would be the week of the 2nd through the 8th if you're going uh, Sunday to Saturday. Yeah, I my next thing is the 9th when we have Mercury trine Neptune, which is kind of cool. Mercury in Cancer trine Neptune in Pisces, which will be interesting for communication and compassion and mm. um you know intuition intuitive downloads i just think that's going to be a spectacular day i i really like that day too but it also mirrors my own astrology chart as i have a mercury neptune um chiron trine grand trine wow in water and so i i look at that in a completely different way now then I used to look at how that played out. I oh. used to think it was, you know, all about funneling the wound Chiron into um, my Mercury experience in Cancer and my Neptune experience in Scorpio. But, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. In this point, it feels very healing, very intuitive, finding the right path out of any conundrum or, or any mm. uh, challenge that that I've had in my life. So I look at, I look at trines, by the way, as an ease and flow of the energy, but sometimes that ease and flow creates a laziness within us. Sure. You know, I don't have to try any harder than what I'm doing because it's always happening in this really positive, good way. So here we might have to apply a little bit of, of oomph to being able to act on our intuition mm -hmm. to being able to, I'm going to use the word control, but uh, it's not quite the word, but to control our thoughts and our mind and the, um, the possibility of anxiety and so forth kind of behind the scenes that is, you know, causing some havoc for us. Um, and that is the day too, the sun and the moon are in a square. So oh. yeah, right. And that is, that's the last quarter moon before the new moon. So we have a crisis of consciousness that comes mm -hmm. up during that period of time. And that means we're priming ourselves for a shift in consciousness, a shift in the mind. That well, that's interesting. Take I, I'm keep, I keep thinking about the Neptune aspect and the natural tendency toward, uh, I'm going to use the word escapism, mm. you know, um, and, and what might need to, what, what forces need to happen in order to avoid that and to, I don't know. Right, know. because of the pain of your mind moving, right, then our natural thing is anymore escapism. Get your phone, get your game, get your TV, get your Netflix, get your right. whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sex, I, I drugs, can see and that. rock and roll, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so avoid the escapism. Right. But, you know, sometimes it's nice to 
consciously connect with escapism as well, where if you've been doing a lot of mindfulness work or a lot of work, you know, on yourself, learning a lot or teaching a lot or, you know, having a lot of mental focus, that sometimes it's kind of nice to shift out of that mental jabber, but you want to do it consciously, not just unconsciously grab the game, but, you know, like, okay, I'm going to take this next 30 minutes and just, you know. And therein lies the key. I mean, there are people... I, I'm I'm an example of it of like productivity all day forgetting to rest, you know. Um, and really where's the I, fun, right? Where's the fun in all of that? Even if right. you're having fun doing the work, <laughs> but but still, like conscious escapism, yeah, can be can be smart. It's a form of self care, but you you do have to be for people who slip into escapism easily. It could be an interesting conundrum. Indeed, indeed. But that's why we have these transits. They all give us opportunities to behave in a different way, right? To make different choices. So we have that opportunity coming up. By the way, your friend Sharon Little has joined us. She says hello. And um, I want to say good morning to Pauline. And um, Sharon, I don't know if you heard us talking about your birthday. You were wished a happy birthday from everybody. (laughs) I was going to say, somebody in the chat, please tell her I mentioned her name. (laughs) Yes. Oh, there she's saying, I was listening to the wrong video, wondering when Tam was joining. Oh, no. Um, Christine Buckingham says her two favorite crystals. So that would have been aquamarine and fluorite for this month. Nico says, I'm a Taurus sun and Leo moon and Aquarius rising. What an oh. interesting combination. Those are fixed signs. Wow. So, Nico, time to kick yourself in the butt and move. Right. <laughs> move forward. Um, Julie says, I love it. Pauline says, where are we with the U.S. Pluto return? That is a great question. We are technically through it, aspect wise. But. But like we're in the any- early degrees. Yeah, but Pluto, by any stretch of the imagination, is never quite done with us for a while, right? So I think the American um, Pluto sits at like 26 or 25 of Aquarius. I'd have to look that up. So Pluto, I mean, uh, I mean, of Capricorn and Pluto isn't going back that far. So I don't believe we're going to have to worry about the, the exact of that. But it, anytime Pluto. you're hit... Pluto yep. is at 29 degrees right now. Right or, now, uh, excuse 29. Me, in July, in July. Yeah, all of the month, pretty much. He's at yeah. 29 degrees of Capricorn, but not going back is what I mean to hit the U.S. Pluto. Oh, return. Yeah. 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 We've already gone through the three right. hits with that, but like any kind of Pluto transit for anybody, it takes time to see what the fallout is or how the transformation energy is going to show up in the new form. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, we're, we're still trying, <laughs> we're still trying to get through that transformation. Um, so, oh yeah. Thanks Pauline. And uh, Sharon says, awesome. So we're, I love being able to interact with everybody here. So yes, me too. Uh, so going on into that second full week of July, the first thing that I saw was Mars and Mercury both changing signs right. on the same day, but not into the same sign, right? As right. Mars is leaving Leo for Virgo, mm-hmm. Mercury is leaving Cancer for Leo. So we mm-hmm. have kind of some jostling around mm-hmm. of the inner planets, which are 
the ones that really affect us the that most. really that will really feel um we just talked about you know self-care and escapism and with mars moving into virgo and us bringing order to our environment and uh productivity and service to others i don't see rest in the near future just saying again i think it's going to have to be a conscious thing conscious decisions yeah yeah a conscious decision you know virgo um can do things in a very organized and practical way and it is a sign of healing with the body and so forth so we again consciously can choose to take the time to to work on ourselves Uh, but i also love mercury moving into leo because Mercury is all about communication, Leo, all about Mm self-expression. So communicating your personal creative self or your, your passions, it's going to be, I think, a lovely couple of weeks there. The only fly in the ointment, if you will, that day is that Mercury becomes um, opposed to Pluto. So immediately, right, zero, it's actually he's actually going to be there before he actually uh, in the opposition before he actually moves into the next sign uh, because 29 cancer would technically be across from Pluto at 29 Capricorn. So even a day or two before we may sense that there's some sort of transformation of the mind that must occur in order Mm -hmm. for us to, you know, go on into the rest of the month. And as far as I see that week is quiet. Yeah, integrated. I don't, I don't have anything else either. I really don't didn't highlight much else. <laughs> yeah. Nothing else much there until we get to the new moon. So so my thinking anytime we see a week like that is it's time for us to integrate. Uh, what when's the 14th? I don't know which week. Uh, the 14th is that second full week of yeah, the month. We That's have a the Friday. Sun sextile Uranus on the 14th. Yep. What do you think about that? I don't know. Um again, like more revelation. We probably should have called we probably should have called July <laughs> revelatory, <laughs> right? I don't know. Um, new insights, maybe. Um, and what? The sun is in uh, Leo at that point? No, nope. the sun is still not in quite, Cancer. Not quite. Still in Cancer. So maybe yeah. maybe new insights to, um, to healing or to parenting or, you know, or to home life. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe a shift in in the home economy home you know home budget yeah i don't know but i i did have that one circled worth mentioning yeah so i do think it has probably something to do with finances or money or the economy because we're looking at a cycle right so the sun in a sextile to uranus means that back in uh taurus time of year so april to late april to uh late may we had a sun conjunct Uranus, right? Mm-hmm. That starts the new cycle right. of the sun and Uranus throughout the year. So this is the next um, connection that they would make, next major connection that the two would make. So when we look at that, the possibility that the sun conjunct Uranus had a very big impact financially or economically, um, could have represented a change in your values. Mm-hmm. Um, the energy to shift out of places that you've been sort of sitting at mm-hmm. without moving. And then we get to the sextile energy. And now we can see that maybe the sun in cancer with uh, the possibility of growth and nur- through nurturing, nurturing, growing, nurturing um, Uranus in Taurus 
the shifting sands of financial abundance or of abundance in general, sure. of your self-worth, of your value. So, yeah, I think it's a good day all, all the way around. Um, but sometimes people don't like it when the light bulb turns on brightly on them. Good call. That's true. It can be scary. It can instigate fear for sure. Yeah, right. It can instigate fear or a feeling of self-loathing or a, like I blew it or I'm not oh, yeah. any good at this or what have you. So we'll need to be very aware of how the mind is taking you down that path or mm -hmm. is it taking you down that path? And does it cause you to let go of what your dreams and your goals are? Mm. Or does it shift you into, you know, kind of a, a more stubborn, I'm going to go this direction. Mm. I'm going to take this and I'm going to, you know, keep going in that direction. So it should be an interesting day for everybody. Yeah. And if you guys want to know where it is in your chart, again, you're looking at the sun being in cancer. So we're looking at the cancer part of your chart and the Taurus part of your chart mm. so because a lot of times at least i always coach my listeners to have their astrology chart with them <laughs> when the yeah. show is on so they can see visually where that's these what things i do happening. too i pull up my chart every time <laughs> yeah awesome uh okay so that's the 14th and then the next thing i see is the new moon of the 17th of july uh yep yep now, the new moon is occurring at 24 degrees, 56 minutes of cancer. So it's later in the sign of cancer. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Sabian symbol for this one is fun. Now, you're going to have to, you know, the language of the Sabian symbols is old or older, right? Yeah. Earlier 20th century. It's sometimes stilted. So um, we'll try to put it into words that are more modern here. But it says a willful man is overshadowed by a descent of superior power. And the picture that I get is funny enough of Pentecost, right? Where the really? Holy Spirit descending into man, into, into humanity. Wow. Um, the spirit of God or the, the, the spirit. So I'm not a particularly religious person at all, but I remember as a Lutheran growing up, it was Pentecost Sunday. And that was of course in May or something like that. But um, the whole idea of the Holy Spirit descending into humanity and or into the body. And that's what this makes me think of this will that we have, this ego that we have, but getting something of a spiritual nudge, a spiritual download into us with this new moon that mm. then, uh, you know, joins up with our imagination and creates with action a path to success. You got all that from the Sabian symbol? I did. But then my mind just goes crazy, right? It just starts going, oh, yes. And I make all these connections and <laughs> things like that. You're good. Wow. <laughs> so, so let me distill that down then. Your will plus your imagination plus action leads you to success in whatever way it is that you're doing. It could be success in a relationship. It could be success in, you know, moving the furniture in your home. It doesn't really, it doesn't have to be the big things in life, like getting a job or relocating or anything. It could be little things that you've been struggling through. Applying your will, being imaginative. Okay. Uh, okay. So this is me month after month after month, listening to Sabian symbols and still not getting it. So he takes the degree mm -hmm. in the sign Mm -hmm. and makes a sentence 
Yes. And he and is how not. How did the, he develop this? This was done through a channeling years oh, before. A channeling. Yeah. Where um, a, a woman set out to channel what each degree of the zodiac meant. Okay. So these are channeled information pieces, which kind of leave it up to us, really, in a way to sort of put it against the backdrop of everything that's happening and interpret. But if you take the basis of it, right, the basis of it is really just using your will and matching that with imagination to take action. And that leads us to success. It's really very, it's like a formula. The new moon this time is like a formula. Wow. Wow. That, <laughs> uh, that, one, that one really throws me for a loop. When I think about the new moon in cancer at 24 degrees, mm -hmm. I would look at the degrees and the numerology in the degree. Mm -hmm. And I would look at cancer and the meaning behind what does it mean to be cancerian. And that's how I would develop the meaning oh, along with, along with, um, it is opposite Pluto. It is sextile Uranus. It is trine Neptune, right? The, so the Sabian symbols just completely are a whole other. Yeah. So the opposition to Pluto, think about this, right? The new moon is always about a new beginning, a new yeah. beginning with cancer, which might be about how to nurture oneself to move beyond the hard encrusted sure. uh, old self, right? How to nurture something new and vital and living and, and to grow, right? Yep. Growing is a part of cancer energy. And in its opposition to Pluto, which is a five degree separation, a four-ish degree separation, we have the possibility for, for um, transformation. Oh, absolutely. That comes from the things that have been let go of, mm -hmm. right? And I keep looking at the wrong darn camera because that camera wouldn't work this morning again. So <laughs> if you see me looking off that way, it's because that's where my camera is. <laughs> Turn it backwards. I'm not looking at you. Um, so it's a very, I, I think it goes along with it, right? We have to, you know, everything about being a human on this planet is about having the will to your will, which I always think of also as your ego strength and matching that with the imagination. Like if we never imagined that we could go to the moon, would we have ever gone to the moon, <laughs> right? We matched our will. Uh, it was a national will at that point in time, the national will, um, but it could work even with your individual will, with imagination. And the missing piece in most people's life is we have the will, we have the imagination, but we don't take the action. Mm. And here's where the action piece needs to come in so that we are then moving forward. And this is so freaking important because we're on a pivot point on the 17th because the very next day, the nodes shift out of Taurus right. and Scorpio into Aries and Libra, right. both are signs that are initiating energy. They're cardinal. Yes. yes. So the nature becomes action oriented. Right. 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 In in the Taurus Scorpio, we've been upsetting the places where we were comfortable or where we mm -hmm. were stuck or rutted sure. and looking at the baggage and letting, you know, moving towards simplicity. And now we're boldly yeah. going, boldly mm. going because the North Node moves into the Aries part Aries. of your chart. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Very next day. 
very next nice. day. Yep. So it makes perfect sense to me. And here's the other cool thing. The sun that day is in the gate 62 in your human design. That's the gate of the details, right? Not not seeing, not getting so caught up in the big picture that you fail to take those little steps. Like the big picture needs to have a plan mm. with steps that are going to get you to where you want to go. Mm. Right. Like we didn't get to the moon just because we imagined it and then we thought we'd start to build rockets or something. There was actually a plan mm. that would take us to the moon. Same thing in your own life. What are the details that you need to see to in order to build the plan to get to where you want to go? And the moon is sitting uh, in this at the gate 61 uh, that whole week, by the way. And um Excuse me, it wasn't the sun at 62, it was the earth. Earth is at 62. Same same thing, but to have grounded movement, we need to be at the 62, seeing to the details. Where the sun and the moon are at the 61, which sees the possibilities, the mm. wonder and the awe of what if. It's the what if gate. What if Ooh. I could create this spectacular program what if i could go out and get my dream job oh i like that i like mm -hmm. that what if question mm, for a moon that's right? good what what if and not the what if i fail no, no. not that one <laughs> the possibility tapping into the possibilities of mm. what could be so to me that the this new moon in july this year is kind of spectacular Ooh, ooh, ooh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, it has also light air energy. Again, it's only series and the vertex of the chart that's in uh, air. So in a way, it relaxes the mind and allows us to go with the heart to mm. go with what's practical or what steps we can take to make, you know, changes, but also the water element, the feel good, what feels good to do, what mm. feels, um, you know, positive for us to be to be doing interesting day yeah interesting day i agree yeah. yeah and then of course the 18th comes along and the nodes shift into aries and libra, and libra. Uh, north node aries south node libra and they will yeah. be in that sign until january of 2025 yeah so i think that's exciting i think i mean that to me is a whole show <laughs> i mean those... definitely could be yeah, it definitely could be. I mean, there's so much there to to unpack. Yeah. And what are your big what are yeah. your big expectations? Well, my biggest expectation here is that it's going to bring us right into see what we're letting go of is the Libra part right. while we are embracing more of the Aries part. So if we're embracing more of our personal identity. Mm -hmm. That means we're also letting go of our codependence that we might have a trip, have gotten into with others. Mm -hmm. So that can be uncomfortable as it shifts the relationship factors that we're all in. And that relationship could be in business or in person, you know, personality or your uh, personal, excuse me, life. So it would be a renegotiation, perhaps, of the agreements that we've made with people. Uh, in our lives. Mm -hmm. And it, to me, it's very, um, very activated. Remember, Mars moves, uh, rules Aries. So it's movement to a new direction. Absolutely. So wherever the Aries Libra 
axis is in your chart is where you are embracing more of your personal identity. Now, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be in relationships or that relationships are no longer important, but the nature of those relationships may indeed change as you evaluate whether or not they are supportive or, you know, is it unbalanced? Is there a deficit between you and the other person that is not working? So, yeah, so that's just the the uh, personal aspect. But in the world, the greater world, this is the love and war axis. Mm. Oh, that's an interesting way to say it. I hadn't thought of it in that way, but right, right. Yeah. The love and war axis. Sure. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I, I'm not quite sure how that lands yet with me, because it would seem to say then with the South Node in Libra that we're letting go of the love in order for the the war. And I don't want that either. But would it be how we can blend the feminine and the masculine? Tell me how you see it. Tell me how you see it. Yeah, I guess the, the, the Sag rising is going to show here because I feel a lot more optimistic about it than that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I actually see it more as people coming to uh, people rising into their own form of leadership. I know you talk about like personal identity. I see us all stepping into a uh, leadership that is in balance and I was going to use my, my head said servitude and it's not servitude, but there's more balance coming. We're releasing that codependency. We're finding and seeking balance. Right. Yep. And, and uh, in the mundane world, I would say our legal system is going to shift. I you know. feel, I yep. feel yep. a big shift is forthcoming. We are watching complete and total misuse of our legal system in many levels. Everything from me suing you because you use my name, blah, 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 personally, but at a higher level, Supreme Courts and that kind of thing, not, we are not, it's a, it's a justice system that's out of whack. And I think that's going to come into balance. I think it's going to correct itself during this cycle. That is definitely your Sagittarius um, rising coming through or Sagittarius, whatever you said it was. Um, but for real, in Libra, it rules uh, the legal legal cases, right? It doesn't rule the, 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 the judicial system. That's more Sagittarian in nature. But it does rule the nature of the laws and how they're being played out. And I have been actually surprised by the Supreme Court's rulings, and not in a negative way either. I've been, you know, when it, the court started moving more conservative, I was a little tweaked out thinking that they were going to go ruling more for corporations and not so much for people. But surprisingly, they've been doing a pretty good job with a few exceptions, right? There's a, there's things out there, but I think you're right. That is a possible expression of that energy in the bigger, wider world. Mm-hmm. Um, how the the nature of law itself is uh, changing in the way it's applied. Libra applies the law. Sagittarius writes the laws. Right. So interesting, interesting way to look at that. Yeah. I also think that probably, and again, you would see this geopolitically, I think leadership style, maybe uh, new le- new leaders with bolder expression, bolder. How about this? Younger 
bolder younger leaders bolder. yes well said younger bolder leadership i mean several countries are going through um changing leaders so i think that's going to be i think it's going to play out i think we're going to witness it yeah. i don't know i mean i don't like the idea of love war access access well, rather when we think of war it we could be at war within ourselves Right. War right. is the, right. you know, technically speaking, is the absence of peace. So where can we bring more peace to law in this example? Where can we bring more peace to our relationships by letting go of the past, perhaps? Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of possibilities there. But when we think of Aries, too, it is the sign of that boldness that you speak of. Boldness. That, that we have to have the will, which yeah. we just spoke about in terms of the new moon the day before the will to move forward in bold new ways, mm. right? Mm. Um, I I wonder, so a key word that I think of around Aries is angst. Mm. I, they, you know, they have a thread of anxiety that they live with. They want, their their goal is to be courageous, right? And, and maybe we'll just all, maybe it'll naturally fall into place that we all have that opportunity to face our own fear about being a leader. But there's that, it comes with a threat of stress. Yes. But also, um, Aries, if we look then at the, what is the gate that oh. the in human design that the, the north and south nodes are at, it gives us a clue okay. as to what you know, the entry into the sign is. And of course, we already have the entry into those energy gates. Right. Oh. It happened already earlier okay. uh, this week. And uh, uh, it's natural the way that works because of, of uh, the way human design is arced against astrology. So we're working then with the energy of the gate three, which is which innovation, inventiveness oh. Oh. with a dash of innocence in there. Aries is also a sign of innocence. Yes. There's, you know, in that. I don't know how things are going to play out, but I'm going to take this step and see, right? Yep. If I fall off the cliff, oh, well, I'll get back yep. up, dust myself off and try a different thing, sure. different way. So there's this innovative piece. That's the North node that we need more of. We need more innovation. We need True. more. We need also to try things, not yep. so much, you know, just to talk about them to actually do something new. Um, and what we are releasing is the gate 50. Uh, which can be corruption and not corruption like we think of in politics or, you know, corporations so much, but where we've misread the information. We've sure. missed, we've missed code. We misread the code, right? Sure. Um, or in the translation of something, it didn't quite come across in the way that it was meant to. So we have to, you know, do some cleanup in the code. A corrupt file. A corrupt file, exactly. Yeah. So we might have to, you know, delete the file and then upload the file again yes. uh, so that the code is not corrupt. But in that is also then responsibility and the responsibility for our own self-nurturing, our own disposition in terms of what are we bravely going forward to, into? Yes. Right. Or yes. not. And, and that's, that's another thing that I think about with, with Aries is like personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. or, or sometimes lack thereof. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, but you're absolutely right. This is one that we could talk about 
forever. It's a whole um, show. It's a, it's a 30 minute show. For yeah. sure. And if you want, you can also look at it like this about 18 and a half years ago, you were also experiencing Aries and Libra in your, I'd have um, to do the math on that. We, hmm. Yeah. We'd have to go. So rounded up to 20, we were at the year 2003. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what was oh, going on in your goodness. life around that period of time and what were we, what was going on in the world? And, uh, there was definitely war, right? Well, that was the year that we decided yes. to go into Iraq because they were the weapons of mass destruction that were never found kind of right. thing. Right. So right. it's, it is, it's always worth looking backward because then we can maybe not make the mistakes that we made at that point in time. Right. Because we're hopefully evolving forward. Yeah. All right. And believe oh, yeah. The next oh. rest of the month, let's see. Oh, Sun and Cancer trying Neptune and Pisces the 20th. Um, yeah, but I think all of that pales into uh, Venus yeah. moving retrograde on the 22nd. Yeah, I agree. Um, yep, Venus I wanted to see the time that happens. Venus retrogrades at 6.30 p.m. just before the Sun moves into leo and leo. those are of course west coast times yeah uh so that's always interesting when you see a planet and that's shifting direction at the same time that you have a shift in the signs that are available for energy it puts a big spotlight on the leo part of our uh charts for yeah. the next several months it'll be from july 22nd until september 3rd and really venus retrograde is about revaluing everything ourselves our self-worth uh what we buy what we choose to think of as what's important to us versus what's not so important to us um, it is not a good time to buy big things because we don't see value clearly Right. If you're the seller of said big thing, that's a different story because the buyers out there might see value that mm. if Venus wasn't retrograde, they wouldn't see. Mm. So it, it's going to be it would be an interesting time economically. As economically. Well. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. what I thought, too. You know, retrogrades are often times of reversals going mm -hmm. backwards, as it were. Um, and plus, we have three big outer planets retrograde. So there's a lot of retrograde energy. There's mm -hmm. a lot of that moving inward, shifting, going in. yeah, uh -huh. picking up the stitches that you lost, you know, in the yeah. in the seam. Um, that was a very creative Leo way to say that. Picking I have up. a lot of planets in Leo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Venus in retrograde, though, is really a sure sign that it's not a great time to buy to, you know, go big in money. Mm. Because again, the, the need is to really check value first. Mm -hmm. Right. I have lots of stories of people who bought homes or bought cars, the car of their dream that turned out to be a lemon, mm. right, during a Venus retrograde. So if you are in a position to do something like that, you want to check and recheck everything about what you're buying, even rechecking your own motivation. What is my motivation? Is this retail therapy or is this something I truly need or want that mm. is going to improve my life? But also looking at our relationships, Venus retrograde often brings back the past, right? Past lovers, past people that you, you know, 
that you'd been in relationship with, uh, the past, uh, uh, you know, boyfriends, girlfriends, uh, what have you, mm -hmm. even if it's not them coming back into your life to be in relationship, the issues around that relationship could be coming back up. Right. Check the Leo part of your chart because that is where it's all going to play out the whole time from the degree from uh 28 degrees uh leo back to 12 degrees of leo mm. so if you have planets between 12 and 28 degrees in leo or any of the fixed signs so either aquarius um, scorpio or taurus uh that venus retrograde is probably going to come home to roost in some way hmm. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. interesting yep, yep. And then and end of the month, really, because here it's nine o'clock already, my time, it's 11 your time. Mercury is moving into Virgo at the end of the month, maybe bringing some more structure, uh, organization to our thoughts. Right. <laughs> uh, I What I found interesting about Mercury for the month of July was the, the fact that it changed signs three or it's in three different signs this month. I found that sort of unusual. I mean, I know that Mercury moves really quickly, but I was like, wow, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, bang. Yeah, he's so, at the fast part of his cycle. Yeah. So like yeah. our thoughts, like I'm just imagining how they're going to feel as we move through you know, these three different signs. Yeah, I was just thinking this because, you know, Mercury came into a conjunction with the sun, on, well, will be in a conjunction on the 30th. So on, on Friday, and that's the halfway point in the Mercury cycle. So Mercury is kind of at his speediest at this point in time, which means that we're heading toward the slower end of his cycle as we get closer to September mm. when his next retrograde will begin. So we're halfway right. to the retrograde. Yeah. That should affect you on your birthday this year. Stop it. I yes. Know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, any last things that you want to share? What's going on in, in uh, TAM world? And... Um, well, there's always plenty to share, but um, honestly, <clears throat> honestly, I just want to take a minute to remind everybody about one of the like overarching energies for 2023. This mm -hmm. is the number 23 built into the 23 is change two plus three is five the number 23 itself is about courage remember that you have the courage to face the changes that are built into 2023 two plus two plus three is seven which means the answers are within get silent use nature do your research those are seven energies change was bound to happen this year. I, I, my friends, my family were all like spinning with change. It's built into the year, but you have the courage to do it. So don't forget that. Like go get your answers from within. And yeah. 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 I want to answer a question really quick from Pam Zaruba. Somehow I missed it. Uh, she said Venus in retro, not good for booking a three week Europe trip. Not now. Well, Venus, it doesn't retrograde until the 22nd. Mm -hmm. We're kind of in the shadow at this point. And without really taking a look at either your, you and your husband's chart, Pam, I can't really say for certain, but I would definitely book sooner rather than later this month and uh, take advantage of the fact that uh, Venus is not in retrograde right now. 
but it might also be a good time to go back to a dream that he said you said it was on his bucket list so your husband's bucket list so use your type and strategy and your authority to make that decision which means I don't know your human design, right? You're a projector, so you're waiting for the invitation, life inviting you in. And then I don't remember what your authority is, Pam, sorry, but whatever that is, that's how you make your decisions. That's it. <laughs> Thank you, Tam. Uh, we will be together again at the end of July, it looks like. Yep. Uh, the beginning of August is on a Tuesday. So we'll be together the 26th of July to give you yeah. an August update. Awesome. And uh, I think then we might be able to kind of see where the Venus retrograde has landed us a bit and also how the node shift has been impacting us. That'll be a fun sort of retrospective that we can take. Retrospective. Good. Good language. <laughs> I love it. I am a Gemini, right? Uh, you are a Gemini. <laughs> Wordsmith. All right. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, Tam, for being here. It's always fun to do Astro Inklings with you. We'll see you all on, I will see you all on Friday uh, for our regular weekend Astro Design Update. Much love to everybody. Bye. Bye. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.